groups director here at the JAR, um, but before God kind of brought me here to the JAR, I was a high school math teacher. And I know for some of you, just the idea of thinking about high school math probably brings up all kinds of really bad feelings, so I apologize for that, but I'm not a math teacher anymore. Um, but when I was, one of the most difficult things for me as a teacher was dealing with this whole thing of bullying. It was awful, and it, it just broke my heart to have to see this um, and see kids go through this. And one of the things that I noticed a lot of times is that when a student was bullied, a lot of times they would then go and bully another child that they thought was weaker than them. And it was just this awful cycle of kids bullying each other. But the other day, I read an article um, that was really kind of redeeming, and it was about this young man who decided to take a completely different approach. And I really want you to hear his story. Um, so it's about a boy named Josh, and I think we have a picture of him here. And um, Josh struggled with social anxiety. And so all through his young life, he dealt with bullying at school. Well, um, when his mom decided to move him from his sort of small country high school that he was at to a bigger high school, he decided he wanted to start off on a different foot uh, with a simple strategy of kindness. And so what Josh ended up doing is he would go to school, and in between classes, he would simply just hold open the door for the other classmates. And he would just stand there and hold it, and student after student after student after student would come through, and he would just stay there and hold open the door. And at first, the other kids thought it was kind of weird, you know, like, why is he doing this? And they nicknamed him the doorman. Um, but eventually, they started to sort of look forward to it. And they really appreciated and they liked the fact that he was doing this. And he started to build friendships and gain popularity. Um, there was one student in the article um, that they quoted as saying, opening doors, it gives people hope that people care. And so Josh just continued to kind of make friends and grow in popularity. And it ended up the following year, he was voted prom king of his school. And not only that, but now he's like an avid public speaker trying to spark kindness in other students that were just like him. So Josh, he had a choice. He could have responded to that bullying with more bullying and cruelty, but instead he decided to, cho to choose kindness, and it had such a powerful impact. You know, I think kindness, it kind of gets a bad rap in our society, right? A lot of people confuse it with being nice, you know, and they think, oh, if someone's kind, then they're weak, they're a pushover. No, there's no, there's no strength there. But the opposite is true. Kindness is a really powerful thing. And a lot of times it takes great strength and courage and self-control, especially uh, if you're showing kindness to someone who has been nothing but cruel to you. So in other words, kindness is not for wimps. All right? So I want to share with you a verse. This is in Proverbs in the Bible. Um, Proverbs 11:16, and it says this. A kind-hearted woman gains respect. And you know, it's, it says woman, but I think this applies and is meant for either men or women, but it doesn't say a kind-hearted woman is a pushover. It doesn't say a kind-hearted woman is weak. It says a kind-hearted woman gains respect. And you know, when I think about it, when I think about the kindest person to ever walk this earth, it would be Jesus, right? And the last word that I would ever use to describe Jesus is weak. I mean, he stood up to the bullies. He refused to be swayed by the opinions of anybody. Um, he would intentionally show kindness to people, even if it was offensive, 
even if it was radical or illegal or no matter what, he didn't care. He was determined that he would show kindness because he knew the power of kindness to bring about change. And so that's our big idea for today, and it's this. Kindness opens doors. Kindness opens doors. And so today I want to talk to you about three things in your life that kindness can open up a door for you. But before we do that, I want to go a little bit deeper into what does this word kindness mean in the Bible. So there's a guy named Paul who, uh, he was a follower of Jesus. He wrote more than half of the New Testament of the Bible that we have. And he perfectly described kindness in Galatians 5.22 by saying that it's a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, so if Jesus is living in us through the Holy Spirit, then kindness is something that is actually produced inside of us and that we can then pour out onto other people. Now, um, the Greek word that he used here um, when he talked about the fruits of the Spirit for kindness was kreistotes. And kreistotes just means meeting real needs in God's way in his timing. It means showing goodness instead of cruelty, even whether or not the person deserves it at all. And again, this is not a word that means weakness. There's another time in the Bible where the same word is used in Romans 11.22, where it says, Consider the kindness and the sternness of God. So it puts these two together, the kindness and the sternness. So it's, it's compassionate, but it's firm at the same time. And that's why it's so powerful. And one of the things we see is that Kindness is the most powerful when it's the least expected and when it's the least deserved. And it opens doors in a way that cruelty never, ever could. So like I said earlier, I want to look at three different things that kindness can open a door for in your life. And the first thing that kindness can open a door for is peace. Kindness can open the door for peace. So there's this great example in the Bible about this. Um, It's a story in the Old Testament. A lot of times it's overlooked, but it's about a woman named Abigail. And the Bible describes Abigail as a beautiful and a sensible woman. Pretty good description, if I say so, right? But her husband, on the other other hand, not so much. Um, The Bible says he was brutish and mean and just really kind of a jerk. And even his name, Nabal, means fool. So here she is, married to this, this brutish, mean fool of a guy. But he's very wealthy, and he has all kinds of livestock and, and uh, fields and all this wealth and ever, all this different stuff. So one day, a guy named David comes and moves into the town of um, Abigail and Nabal. And um, David, some of you may have heard of this, David, he's the one who fought Goliath, and he eventually became this great king of Israel. He wasn't yet at the time. Um, But David moved into their hometown, and he came to, he sent some of his men to Nabal with a simple request. He just said, hey, can we share some of your provision? Uh, Just all this wealth you have, you know, all this bread and grain and wine, um, would you just be willing to share a little bit with us? And he didn't think that was very much of a request. It wasn't that big of a deal. Nabal, on the other hand, had a different opinion. Um, So when he came to Nabal, um, here's, well, when his men came to Nabal, here's how he responded to them. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? This country is full of runaway servants these days. Do you think I'm going to take good bread and wine and meat freshly butchered for my sheep shearers and give it to men I've never laid eyes on? Who knows where they've come from? So not exactly the answer that David was expecting. So when David's men came back and reported to this, this to him, now David, he was a warrior, right? He fought Goliath. He was a fighter. So when he heard this news, that fighting spirit just kind of welled up in him. And so here's how he responded. 
strap on your swords. He said, my, may God do his worst to me if Nabal and every cur and his misbegotten brood aren't dead meat by morning. Now, um, when I first read this, I wasn't sure what that word cur meant. So I looked it up, and let's just say it's probably good that they left it at cur because it's not a very nice word. Um, so as you can tell, David, he was not happy at all. So here we have David and we have Nabal, and they're just at each other's throats. They're ready for a fight. And Abigail, she's just sort of caught in the middle, you know? So what does she do? Well, I'm sure her natural gut instinct was fight or flight, right? She could have gone to Nabal and just tore him up and said, why are you starting all this trouble with David? She could have just fled the scene and said, you know what? Let them take care of their own issues. I'm not going to get in the middle of this. But instead, she chose the route of kindness. And so what she did is she put together this huge feast of all these, like, meat and bread and and cakes and wine and all this stuff. And she sent it ahead to David. And then as David was coming, he was traveling on the road ready to fight, ready to come and fight Nabal. She met him in the road, and she sort of just bowed down before him. And she began to pour out kindness. And she started to praise David for just what a God-fearing man he was. And she spoke all these blessings over him. And and then she just asked him, please show mercy to me and to my husband, Nabal. And with that, in that instant, David's entire demeanor completely changed. And he looked at Abigail, and this is what he said. Blessed be God, the God of Israel. He sent you to meet me. And blessed be your good sense. And then he accepted all this, this gift of food that she had given And he said, Abigail, return home in peace. And with that powerful act of kindness, the conflict ended and peace came into that situation. Now, if you read the rest of the story, and I encourage you to do that, it's in 1 Samuel. um, But what we find out is that when Nabal found out what his wife had done, this act of kindness, he was so shocked that he had a heart attack and he died. Um, And then instead of Abigail being married to this mean, brutish Um, fool of a man, she ended up falling in love with David, and they became married, and she ended up marrying this man who would later become the greatest king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, and who would become an ancestor of Jesus Christ. And Abigail was able to be a part of that. You know, when tempers flare and when tensions is high, kindness so many times can open up a door to peace. And I've seen this many times in my own home. So um, every once in a while at our house, someone will come home and they're just grumpy. They're in a bad mood, okay? I know that doesn't happen in any of your families, but we have our own issues, okay? So sometimes it's me that comes home grumpy and in a bad mood. Sometimes it's my husband, Mikey, that comes home. Most of the time it's one of our kids. But sometimes somebody will come home and they're just, you know, they, you know how it is. They're tired, stressed, sick, whatever it is. And they come home grumpy. And this is usually how it works. So let's say it's Mikey that comes home and he's in a bad mood. So he comes in the door. You know, I say something to him. And then there's some, like, sarcastic, snarky remark that comes out of his mouth. And then I'm offended. I take it personally. And then I respond back with some kind of snarky remark back to him. And then there's this conflict that comes. And then before you know it, everybody's mad. Right? And it's the same cycle. It works the same way every time. And you think we'd be smart enough to say, well, let's just not do it this way. But it's so hard not to take it personally and not to simply react. So a few months ago, we had one of these days. And this time it was me that came home grumpy and in a bad mood. And so I I walked through the door and something snarky came out of my mouth. Um, But this time, instead of responding, my husband, Mikey, 
Um, I don't know if it was something he ate that day or he had some extra time with Jesus. I don't know what it was, but he didn't react um, to me. Instead, he just went downstairs to the basement. And at first I'm like, what, you're just going to leave in the middle of this? Like, what are you doing? Um, But then pretty soon I realized what he was doing. He was in the basement doing laundry. And he had realized that obviously something was weighing on me, something was going on, and maybe an act of kindness could take something off of my plate. Because normally laundry is something in our house that I would do. So when I realized this, that he was down in the basement doing an act of kindness for me, I was just disarmed immediately. And I went down into the basement, and I gave him a hug, and I just started to kind of open up and tell him all of these things that were weighing me down. And the only best way, I think, that I could describe that moment was peace. It just brought peace into that moment. Now, I wish I could say that that's how our family responded every time that something like that happened, but it's not. But we're trying to do that more and more because we know that kindness is such a powerful thing to open up the door to peace in our lives. Now, I have a feeling with the past year that we've had that many of you are dealing with some tension in your relationships. Right? Maybe you've had a falling out or there were tempers that flared with somebody that you care about. Maybe a family member, a friend, uh, maybe somebody that you work with, um, could be anybody. And maybe you have kind of just given up on that person altogether. Or maybe you're, you're thinking, you know what, I, I'd like to reconcile with them. I want to make things right, but where do I even start? How do you even begin that conversation of wanting to reconcile with somebody? Well, maybe it could be as simple as an act of kindness. Send them a card in the mail. Invite them out to have lunch with you. You know, shovel their driveway. Just something as simple as that. And you know what? It might take them off guard. They, they may not respond at all. They may not respond well. You don't know. But you'll be able to just start to open up that door to peace in that relationship. Because kindness is powerful and it can bring about change like nothing else can. So kindness, it can open a door for peace. But kindness can also open up a door for opportunity. So long before Abigail, wise and sensible, beautiful Abigail, ever came on the scene, there was another woman in the Bible that was known for the kindness that she showed. So we're introduced to her um, when a man named Abraham was looking for a wife for his son Isaac. So Abraham went to his servant and said, Hey, listen, I want you to go to this neighboring country, and I want you to promise me that you will find a wife for my son Isaac. Promise me that you will. So the servant said, okay, but he didn't know where to start. How was he going to just go and find a wife um, for Isaac? And even if he did find a woman that could be the wife, how was he going to convince her to leave everything that she knows and come back to his homeland and marry Isaac? So the servant, not really knowing what else to do, decided to pray to God. And what he said was, God, whoever this woman is that's supposed to marry Isaac, I pray that she would be the one that would show me kindness. And he even specifically said, okay, when I sit down at a well to get a drink, I pray that she would be the one that would come up and offer a drink of water to me. And not only that, but that she would water all of my camels as well. So before he had even finished saying that prayer, up walks this young woman named Rebecca and begins to draw water at the well. And you can probably guess what happened next. She offered him a cup of water, and then she said, please let me water all of your camels as well. 
And so the servant kind of sparked up a conversation with her and got to know her a little bit better. And then he brought up this request, will you come and will you marry my servant's son, Isaac? And she agreed. And she left everything that she knew and she came and she married Isaac. And the Bible says that Isaac loved her deeply. And just like Abigail, she was married to this man who eventually would become an ancestor to Jesus Christ. Now, Rebecca had no idea that that simple act of kindness, giving someone some water, was going to result in this beautiful marriage and this place in the lineage of Christ um, forever. There's no way she could have known that. But I think for her, kindness was a lifestyle. It was just something that she did all the time. She wanted to show people the kindness that her God had shown to her. And it was just something that she did. And that's something that I think we can do too, is just kind of go around and show kindness and trust the opportunities are going to present themselves to us. Now, I'm not saying that we should use flattery, that we should just go around doing kind things to try to get things out of people and get them to do stuff for us. But what I'm saying is that God has shown us so much kindness. Let's honor him by showing kindness to the people around us. But when you do that, expect that doors of opportunity are going to open for you. Just expect that to happen because kindness is powerful to open up doors of opportunity. So maybe for you, maybe you have been looking for an opportunity. Maybe you are like Josh and you've been at school and it's lonely and you've tried to find friendships and it's just not working. Try opening some doors for for people. Try some acts of kindness and watch how it opens up the door for friendship in your life. Um, Or maybe you're single and you've been trying to find that person to spend your life with and nothing seems to be working and maybe you've done the online dating thing and you've like tried all the different filters and you've tried all like the online pickup lines and all this different stuff and nothing seems to be working, nothing's happening. Try kindness. Compliment somebody. Do, Do an act of kindness for them and watch how that draws people to you. Maybe in your work you've been looking for an opportunity and everybody tells you, you know what, it's a dog-eat-dog world and you just need to step on people and it's cutthroat. You just need to get ahead however you can. But, you know, I can't really picture, like, a bunch of executives sitting around a table trying to discuss, all right, who's going to get the next promotion? And then somebody speaks up and they're like, oh, hey, what about that guy from sales? He's such a jerk. He's so mean to everybody. Let's, let's give him the promotion. He'd be perfect, right? No, nobody's going to say that. That's ridiculous. But kindness can open doors in your life. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get a promotion if you're kind to people, but I do think that you'll sleep better at night. And I do think that God will open up those opportunities in your life because kindness is powerful to open up that door. So kindness opens up the door for peace. Kindness can open up the door for opportunity. And the most powerful thing that kindness can open up a door for is truth. Now, when Jesus was walking the earth, he was constantly showing kindness to every person that he met. And there was one particular man named Zacchaeus that he would show kindness to. Um, Now, some of you who grew up in church, you might know about Zacchaeus. You might have heard a little song about him, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Do we know the rest? Yeah, we little man with me. I love Zacchaeus because he's short like me. But a lot of people did not like Zacchaeus because he was he was very wealthy, but he got his wealth through robbing people. So he was a Jewish tax collector, which means that he went to his own people and instead of charging them what they owed for taxes, he charged them much more and then he would take some off the top for himself. So he had all this wealth, but he didn't gain it um, in, a, in the right way. And nobody hated tax collectors more 
than the religious leaders of that time. And I'm sure that many religious leaders and people had come up to him and had shared truth with him. I'm sure he had been told many times, you're a liar, you're a thief, and you have no place in the family of God. So when Zacchaeus heard about a man named Jesus, who was a religious man, but who didn't condemn the tax collectors. In fact, he was friends with many of them, and he even had followers who were tax collectors. It piqued his interest. And when he heard that Jesus was going to be passing through town, being the short man that he was, he climbed up in a tree, and he waited for Jesus to pass through. And not only did Jesus pass through, but he locked eyes with Zacchaeus. And in that moment, he could have hit him hard with the truth. Right? He could have said, you know what, Zacchaeus? Stealing, that is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. You've cheated people. You've wronged people. You need to go and make it right. My kingdom is not about receiving. My kingdom is about giving, and this is wrong. He could have hit him hard with all of those things that were true, but he didn't. Instead, he decided first to open up a door of kindness, and he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Jesus chose an act of kindness to have dinner with this man, knowing he was going to get criticized by the religious leaders who you know, said he was eating with a sinner. But he chose to have dinner with this man and show that act of kindness. And Zacchaeus was so touched and so honored by what Jesus did that as they were finishing their dinner, he stood up in front of Jesus, in front of all the people that were there, and he said, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That day, Zacchaeus began a relationship with Jesus. And he understood the truth of his love, the truth of his forgiveness. And instead of having that desire to go and to cheat people, he had a desire to share that mercy that had been given to him. You know, right now, I want to speak to those here or on the stream who are followers of Jesus. And if that's not you, then just ignore me for a few minutes here. But if you do consider yourself a follower of Jesus, there's something that you need to know. And a lot of you probably already know this. And that is that many people out there, they do not want to hear what you have to say. They do not want to hear your truth. Because they have been given a lot of truth in their life and very little kindness. And I know this because I've heard their stories. I've heard their stories about how they have felt judged. They felt condemned. They've been told that God hates them. They've been told that they're going to hell. They've seen Christians who should be showing kindness to each other, ripping each other apart. And they're done. They've shut that door. They don't want to hear any truth from you. No matter how powerful, no matter how life-changing it can be, they have shut the door and they do not want to hear that truth from you. And for some people, the only thing that will open up a door for truth in their life is the power of kindness. So just about a year ago, just under a year ago, I had an experience where I did not want to show kindness at all. Um, This was right after COVID hit and the whole lockdown and everything, and everybody was running to the grocery store for toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all that stuff. Well, just a few months earlier, I had discovered this amazing thing called grocery pickup. And I heard that you, I didn't have to bring my two little kids and drag them into the grocery store and have them whining, complaining, and taking things off of shelves. I could just pull into a parking lot, and they would just put the groceries in my trunk. I'm like, yes, sign me up. Absolutely, I'm doing this. 
Well, then COVID hit and the lockdown, and it was like everybody had the same idea I did. So one night, I'm driving in for grocery pickup, and I have my two kids in the back seat. And I'm already frustrated because half of the stuff that I ordered is, is out of stock because everybody's hoarding toilet paper and stuff. So I'm already frustrated, and we pull into the parking lot, and um, I call in to say, you know, that I've arrived. And then we wait, and we wait, and we wait. And meanwhile, I've got one kid crying, one kid whining. My daughter keeps saying, when are we going to get our groceries, Mom? I'm like, I don't know, honey. And we just keep waiting, we keep waiting. I'm getting more and more frustrated. I'm calling again. I'm still not getting my groceries. Pretty soon an hour passes. We're sitting there waiting. And then an hour and a half passes, and my frustration is just building and building and I'm, I'm thinking, when that person comes out here with my groceries, I know I've got my rant ready. You ever kind of build up your rant? You've got it all in your mind. I'm going to tell them exactly how, minutes, how many minutes I've waited here. I'm going to tell them all about my starving children in the back seat that just want to eat dinner. I'm going to tell them about how half of my groceries were out of stock and how frustrated I am. I'm just going to lay it all on them. And I was ready. And so we keep waiting. I'm calling again. We keep waiting. I'm like ready with my soapbox, ready to pull it off. I'm armed. I'm ready to tell this person. Finally, two hours pass, and I see this, this young man come up to the car with my groceries. And I am so ready to just lay it all out, yell at this guy. And in that moment, out of no, I mean, it must have just been the Holy Spirit that was prompting me. This thought popped into my head. And I thought, what would it be like to be in this young man's shoes right now? And I thought about here is an essential worker who, you know, this, this virus is brand new. He didn't know if he was going to get it, how it was going to affect him, if he did. On a crazy night of grocery pickup where he's already probably been yelled at several times before. And not only that, but he was a person of color coming up to a white woman. And it was a time when racial tension was really high. And in that moment, I thought, all right, the least that I could do right now is to show him some kindness. So I put away my soapbox and I quieted the rant that was in my head and I rolled down my window and I looked at this guy and I said, I bet it's been a rough night, huh? And he looked at me with the most relieved look in his eyes and he said, ma'am, you have no idea. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, listen, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you working tonight, how much it means to me that you're here doing your job. And he said, thank you so much. That means a lot. And after that night, I thought about, and I kind of prayed about, God, what could I do to encourage these, these grocery delivery workers? What could I do for them? And a friend of mine gave me this idea of taking some of those little individual chip bags and attaching a card to them. I think we have a picture of it. And this is what we call the free card. And it just says, this is just a way to say that God loves you, no strings attached. So I put a bunch of these together and I put them in a box in my car so that I could take them next time I went to pick up groceries. Well, the next time I went to pick up groceries, and it's always somebody different that that brings them out to me. It changes just about every time. Well, it just so happened that when I went back to pick up groceries, that same young man was the one that came up to my car to give me groceries. Now, I don't know if you remembered me. I'm sure you probably didn't. But I do know that if I had gone off on that crazy rant, um, he definitely would have remembered this devil woman that went off on him, right? That would have stuck in his mind. And there would have been absolutely no reason for me to give him that bag of chips with that card that God loves him because that door would have been closed. But thankfully, 
the Holy Spirit stopped me from doing that. And that window of kindness was opened. And I was able to hand him uh, that bag of chips with that card and watch him read the words, God loves you. No strings attached. Now, I don't know if he ever came to church anywhere. I don't know if he watched the stream. But I do know that whatever he thought of followers of Jesus up until that point, at least that day, he knew that there was one person that was willing to show him kindness. And can you just imagine if all of us did that on a regular basis? Can you imagine how many doors could be opened to this community? Can you imagine how many people would give Jesus a second chance? How many would give, people a, give Jesus a first chance? Right? Can you imagine how God's love could change so many hearts through the power of kindness? And so today, I want to give you all that opportunity. And so when you leave today, um, you're going to get a little bag of candy, just like that with that same free card attached that said, God loves you, no strings attached. And I want you to just take that with you and go out in our community and find someone that could use a door of kindness open in their life. Maybe it's someone who works at a fast food restaurant. Maybe it's your neighbor, anybody, anybody in your life. And if you're on the stream, um, we've got some of these at our ministry center down the street, 920 West Main Street. You can come and pick those up. Or if you're not comfortable um, coming out there, there's all kinds of things you can do to show kindness. Send somebody an encouraging text. Pay for someone behind you in the drive through There's all kinds of ways that you can open that door. So let's go out together and let's open up doors of kindness in our community. So every week in this series, we have ended with a declaration. And so I want to do that again with you today. So um, I want to ask you to just sort of read this with me. It's going to be up on the screen. And let's say this together. This week, I will strive to be kind especially when it is the most difficult or the least deserved. I will open up doors to peace, opportunity, and truth. I will be kind to everyone always. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for showing us kindness when we least expect it and when we least deserved it. Help us to follow your example and lead the way in kindness even when it's difficult. So that through our acts of kindness, God, that we can open doors to peace, to opportunity, and we can open up doors to truth. Maybe for some of you here, some of you on the stream, maybe the idea of church and kindness, they just don't go together. Maybe you have had doors slammed in your face and you have felt, as an outsider, you felt judged, you felt condemned. And maybe you've just shut that door all together because you, you don't want to know what's behind it. But for some reason, today, you have cracked that door open again. Whether you're watching on the stream or if you're sitting here in church today, for some reason, you decided to open that door. And if that is you today, I want you to know that Jesus is ready to open the door wide open to you. He has so much kindness for you. The Bible says he's full of loving kindness. And he knows you. He knows everything about you, inside and out. He knows everything you've done, and he doesn't care. He is ready to love you and show kindness to you exactly as you are in this moment. And so if you want to walk through that door, if you want to begin a relationship with him, I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. And it's my words, but they can be your words too, if it's something that you genuinely need. 
Um, They're not any kind of magic words, just a way to open up a door to a relationship with him. So here at the jar, we never pray alone. We always pray together. So I'm going to ask if everyone um, would join me in this prayer and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for showing me kindness despite everything I've done. I want to walk through the door to a relationship with you today. I believe you died and rose again so that I could be forgiven. Fill me with your spirit so that I can know you, love you, and follow you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name, amen.